0: seen Him, Amen. seen Him, behold Him. Take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter number 1 this morning. Luke chapter number 1. Imagine having a conversation with someone that changes your entire life. Someone sharing news with you, maybe it is a job offer or school offer or that letter that uh, from Publishers Clearinghouse that's never going to come. Someone maybe asks you out. Or gets down on one knee and proposes. It changes the entire trajectory of your life. Mary's conversation with the angel Gabriel did not just affect her. It impacted all of us. It affected every single one of us. So this one conversation changes our lives today. It has the potential to. But how would she respond? How would she even respond? answer this angel. This was an impossible situation. Let's look at Luke chapter number 1 and begin in verse number 26 and read a couple of verses for context. The Bible says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now think about this simple conversation. Simple conversation that changed everything. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for how we have already been encouraged this morning from the singing. Lord, uh, we have joy today because our God saves. Uh, Lord, the choir songs and Lord, the specials, Lord, all draw our attention upward. And Lord, I ask that you please help us to behold you in a new way today. Uh, Lord, help us to look at this story like it's the very first time. Uh, Lord, I ask that you please uh, receive our worship. Lord, please do what only you can do this morning. Please bless our time. We love you and thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down number one, the connection. The connection. We're given a story to open the book of Luke with another miraculous birth. Mary's cousin Elizabeth and her husband Zacharias, it wasn't a birth like the birth of Jesus, but it was still miraculous in the fact that you have an old couple, because the Bible says they were old. It doesn't say they were older, old, old couple who were beyond years of natural childbearing and they were able to conceive. And this story is the entrance to the story we find in Luke 1, verse 26. We see her husband is mentioned first. Here in verse 26 and 27, it says, The angel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. The sixth month here in verse 26 is referring to the sixth month contextually of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Talking about six months after that news of that conception, we see that Mary receives a visitor. News travels fast in this day and age by word of mouth. You think about this old woman. Uh, has uh, conceived miraculously even with her husband being a priest it's possible that Mary already knew what was going on 6 months later it's possible but we're pointed to a young girl who is betrothed to a man named Joseph we talked a couple weeks ago about Joseph and his all of the things about him but We talked about last week the betrothal process and how it was three parts. It was that engagement that began very early on in a child's life, how they would be connected. Parents would make an agreement that pre-arranged marriage and how that would lead to a betrothal when the daughter came of age and the, uh, the husband was able to take care of her. But each part of this was important because this couple was going to be united in marriage. Joseph was most likely an older man. Mary was most likely a teenager. And while we bristle at that thought today, culturally, this was totally normal. It allowed that young girl to leave her father's home and immediately be taken care of and provided for by someone who was already established. It allowed that young girl to know that she was going to have everything she needed if she were to conceive and God allowed that to take place. We already know about the character of Joseph from Matthew chapter 1 and verse 19 where it says that he was a just man. Not just a man, but he was a righteous man from Matthew 1.19. But we also know about Mary's character in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 48. Later in this chapter, Mary said, in speaking to Elizabeth, her cousin, she said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. This wasn't just any average teenage girl. This was a somebody. This was someone that heaven took notice of here. A young lady who was already where she needed to be in her relationship with the Lord. And I wonder how sometimes we feel like we can live however we want to and we expect God to just bless us anyway. Uh, We expect God to use us no matter what we do, how we act, how we live. We just expect God to use our life. Can I just remind all of us, that's not how God works. God uses those who have set themselves aside, who have committed their lives to Him, who have humbled themselves and submitted their life to following Him. We see that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. He uses those people who are submissive to his plan, who are humble. And this couple was already set for great things because of their present relationship with the Lord. You know, If your future outcome depended on your present relationship with the Lord, what would your future look like? If your future outcome depended on your present relationship with the Lord, what would it look like? And we see her husband mentioned. He was a just man. And then we see her house mentioned. She had a very unique lineage. And we see that she was of the house of David. We see in Matthew chapter one the lineage of Joseph. But here we see her family tree in Luke chapter 3, verse 24 through 38. It's laid out. Joseph's lineage began and went all the way back to Abraham. But Mary's lineage went all the way back, started at Jesus and went all the way back to the first man, Adam. All the way back. Satan tried so many times throughout history to destroy the seed of the woman that was mentioned in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. When God said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. God speaking specifically to Satan, talking and predicting that there would be a fierce battle, a rivalry between Satan and the seed of the woman. You ever wondered? Why Satan attacks your kids so much? Say, Pastor, I just thought it was because, uh, you know, they were who they are. uh, Because they're of their father, you know. Uh, uh, But think about the fact that there has always been a battle between Satan and the seed of the woman. Always. And forevermore will be. But it wasn't just her lineage. It was also where she was from. It says in verse 26 that she was from a place called Nazareth. It was not popular to be from Nazareth. This was not a cushy lifestyle place, uh, you know, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. This was not one of those places. This was a very humble place to be from. It was not fancy because it was even commented on by one of the disciples in John chapter 1, verse 46. Nathaniel, speaking to his cousin, said, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? It was well known that there was nothing good that came from Nazareth. Yet this is where Mary was from. This is where Jesus would grow up. It all came back to the place, him coming from a place that was unexpected, to reach people that no one would expect to ever be worth reaching. He came from an unexpected place to reach people who no one would ever expect would be worth reaching. You know, you might not be a part of a family this morning, or your last name might not be something that people go, ooh, when they hear your last name. They might not, you might not have a background that's impressive. You might have a family background and a a job situation that's just discouraging. No one acknowledges. But remember that Jesus' beginnings came from an obscure place that nobody took knowledge of either. Jesus started in a place that no one took notice of. So that he could reach the entire world. We see number one. Her connection. How do you view yourself? Are you someone who God can use right now today? Are you humble? Are you in a place where you're submissive to his plan and his will? The connection. That's where she was. But then number two. We see the commendation. The commendation. Seeing an angel for us would have been a total shock. You know when we wake up. You know one of those. You know I cannot believe what's happening. But. Imagine Mary had not heard about Elizabeth's visitor. Imagine Mary was clueless as to Elizabeth's pregnancy. And imagine she did not know. She had no knowledge this was ever going to happen. At least if she knew Elizabeth's story, she would know about an angel appearing and making a promise of this impossible situation. But imagine if she didn't know. She had no knowledge that this was even possible. Which is what makes the announcement that much bigger. We see she was favored in verse 20, 28. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Highly favored. A couple of things that the angel didn't do. He did not worship Mary. He did not say that she was full of grace. Simply that she had grace in her life. He was, she was highly favored. The Lord looked at her life and saw grace. You know what that means? She had a gracious spirit. Oh, gracious. It's Christmas time and we all need to have a gracious spirit in the parking lot looking for that parking space to that person who is making our coffee and we're like, man, you're going as fast as you can, but I wish you'd go a little faster. To that person who is checking you out at the counter and they just, they're having a bad day and they're not afraid that you know it. You know, all of these things, we as God's people should have a gracious spirit. But how often do we show grace to those around us? Whether that's our family, oh, here comes Uncle Bill again. Uh, You know, uh, here comes Uncle Ted. uh, You know, all of these different people. Here comes Aunt Sally. uh, Y'all, Jesus help me. Jesus take the wheel. You know, whatever. Uh, But think about our life. We need to be people who show grace. Are we quick to react when someone mistreats me? Are we quick to respond when someone neglects me or criticizes me or abuses me? Wouldn't it be better to allow the Lord to defend our case? would it allow, be better for, the Lord, for us to allow the Lord to defend us in his timetable? David said in Psalm 43 verse 1, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Mary's story, how that she has been seen as someone who's highly favored, reminds us of Job. Remember Job chapter 1 in verse number 8? When Satan comes before God and God points out some things about Job and says, Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth or hates evil. This man was someone that heaven took notice of. So let me ask you this morning can heaven take notice of your life? Does heaven take notice? of your life, the way that you're living it right now? Are you someone that God would say, hey, they stand out? Hey, that person I know. Oh, no, please don't break that. Uh, that person is someone that is being used of a mighty way. They're living a life that shows that they want to be used by me. Do they see a life that's gracious? Do, they, do you respond the way that the Lord would? You know, are you living in such a way that the Lord can use you right now? We see that she was favored, but number two, we see that she was also fearful. Fearful. If an angel comes to you in your bedroom, unannounced, unexpected, you'd probably be a little afraid too. You think about, it says that she was troubled at his saying. When she saw him, she's troubled at his saying. Mary didn't say, it's about time. I've been expecting you. I've been trying to live my life so that God will recognize me. Finally, you show up. She's troubled. She was humble. She was concerned as, why is an angel talking to me? I'm a nobody. I am not anything. It's a total shock. As far as she was concerned, she had nothing noteworthy to speak of. But isn't that how the Lord chooses people for his work? He looks for people who the world would say are nobody, are nothing. You might say, well, pastor, that is me. Well, congratulations. You're a perfect candidate for God to use because that's who he uses. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, for you see your calling, brethren, How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. When we think about who we are in comparison to who He is, there is no comparison. There is nothing in our life that compares to who He is takes us back to the book of Isaiah when Isaiah saw the Lord. in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5, he said, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah said, When I look at myself in comparison to him, I am absolutely nothing. I don't deserve to be considered By him. That's the mentality that Mary had. That's the mentality that you and I need to have. The angel reassured her that her status with God is not what she would think. But how often do we convince ourselves that we're nothing to God? Hey, I I can't, God can't use me. He doesn't want me. He doesn't love me. He doesn't want to be around me. He doesn't want to be associated with me. God could never save me. God could never love me because of what I blank. You fill in the blank. We convince ourselves that God cannot use us. Mary's response was from a lack of understanding, not unwillingness to be used. You know, maybe you just need to have your understanding enlightened. You know how we know that God loves us? how God wants to save us, how God wants to use us. You know how we know that? Because He sent us His Son. That's how we know. We say, well, Pastor, God could never forgive me. Well, then I guess Jesus wasn't good enough for you. Because when we say that I can't be good enough, then we're saying that He is not good enough. That's where we're going. A hey, church, Jesus died for all. His blood is good enough for all. So no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you did when you were in high school or college or what you did this past week, God loves you and still sent you Jesus. God loves us in spite of us. You, know, you and I may never understand why He wants to use us, but we can have confidence that He does. We see that she was favored. We see that she was fearful. And then thirdly, he would have fame. Look at verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, Shall shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Gabriel began with sharing who the baby would become. Who this child was, he was already God's son. His arrival on earth would not change his status. He stayed God's son. But his words validate the prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, where it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All of the emphasis has ever been placed on him, never anybody else. It's always been on him. We should honor Mary like the angel did. We should respect her and give her the the homage that she deserves, but that should never equal or supersede the respect and the praise that we give to her son. Her son, you think about the angels, very clear in verse 32, it would be him, he shall be great. He's the son of the highest. The Lord will give him of his father, David. Several denominations in our world today would like to knock Jesus off that pedestal. Maybe even cause people to believe that somehow you have to go through Mary to get to him. That she is the ambassador for Jesus. She is the mediator for him. If that was the case, then why doesn't the Bible tell us that? Because the Bible makes it very clear in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 and 6. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men. And that's the man, Christ Jesus. It says, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. They had heard of kingdoms that had come and gone, but they'd never seen one that was eternal. And that's what God promised about Jesus' kingdom. His kingdom. There would never be an end to His kingdom. He would sit to rule on the throne of his father, David. We see 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. But here's the thing this morning, church. Are we living like it's his fame? Or are we living like it's our fame? Because I can make this life all about me. I can make this life all about how many people come out the door and say, great message, preacher. I can make it all about people who come out and say, great song. I can make it all about, hey, great job. I can make my life all about how many times I hear people say, good job to me. And we can even dress it up by saying, well, praise the Lord. Deep inside knowing, man, that feels so good to hear that. And we live for that. See, we shouldn't live that we would be exalted. We should live that He would be exalted. Our life is all about Him, not about us. It's all about Him getting what He wants in my life. And Him, His will being accomplished in me. Not what I want. Say, Pastor, don't you want what you want? Absolutely. So do you. But I have to keep myself in check and remind myself often That this life is about Him, not me. It's about His will and not my own. And remember, who gives me all of those blessings? James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, not from within. It's not me. If you want to know what I've done, look at all my bad stuff that I've done. Because that's the stuff that's mine. But the good things, they came from Him. That came from Him. We see the connection, the commendation, and lastly this morning, we see the contention. The contention. I'm sure this was a lot to take in. Seeing an angel, hearing this announcement, having view on her life, all of these different things. She does what we would do. She asks questions. What does she say? She talks about the impossible in verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She has also conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. She's not denying it's going to happen. She's wondering how it's going to happen. Gabriel did not even flinch. He was already ready. He was already prepared. He told her that the birth would be miraculous. Joseph is not the father. You didn't have to go to Maury to find that out. You're not the father, you know. Some of you all ask that later. And no, I do not watch that. I just know the catchphrase. Mary would have to face the scrutiny and the whispers for years to come. She'd have to face everything. It shows us, I love this, shows us that even the plans of God can be discussed in a negative light by those who don't fully understand God's purpose. Even the plans of God can be discussed in a negative light by those who don't fully understand God's purpose. Why would you want to do that? Give manger offering, what's that? Why would you want to give some of your money to missionaries? What's a missionary? Why would you want to do that? Man, she she could live really good here. Why does she want to go live over there? See, even the plans of God can be discussed in negative light when people don't fully understand God's purpose. You're pregnant? Yeah, I'm I'm sure an angel told you that. Mm -hmm. This has never happened before. This was unnatural. This was impossible. It's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Think that resonated with Mary when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount? And she heard that come out of his lips? Hey, blessed are you when people for my sake... When you'll be reviled, when you'll be persecuted, when you'll be discouraged for my sake. And then what did Jesus say? The very next verse, he said, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. But in this, Mary reveals that she was pure. She was a virgin. This is humanly impossible, but Gabriel gives her an example. And don't miss this this morning. Don't get anything else. Get this. He tells her of someone she already knows that has a miracle story. He gave her an example of someone that she could go to and confirm their own miracle. Say, Pastor, what does that have to do with me? Because you and I go through things we do not understand to provide clarity to others who don't yet understand the things they're going through. Pastor, why am I having to go through this? Why did I lose my job? Why did my spouse walk away? Why won't my son or daughter come back home? Why am I struggling? Why am I depressed? Why am I anxious? Why am I struggling? You're struggling so that you can help someone else understand the goodness of God. So that you can come along someone and your miracle can help them see theirs. Your miracle that God is doing in your life. Say, Pastor, I don't see it yet. you got to wait. you got to wait. I don't see that miracle coming. Just wait. Because he doesn't do bad stuff. Everything he does is good. And you think about our life. He says, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Can he do the impossible in your life? Can he do things that nobody else can do for you? Is he able to do those things? What impossible thing has he already done in your life? Because most of us can look in the mirror and say, man, nobody would ever love me, but yet you're wearing a wedding ring this morning. And say, wow, yes, God does the impossible. There's people in this room that the world said, you'll never be, and yet you are. You'll never be healed You'll never be married. You'll never have children. You'll never have a job. You'll never be worth anything. And yet here you are. See, God still does the impossible. The question comes down to do we believe that he can do the impossible? And we're not talking about name it, claim it kind of stuff. We're talking about simply taking God at his word and trusting that he can do what only he can do. We see lastly this morning the intention in verse 38. The angel said, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Hey, everything is possible to him. And if this had been you or me, we would have had a whole lot longer list of questions. All right, well, explain explain the details. But that wasn't Mary. Verse 38, Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Because of where Mary was in her relationship with God, she only had to trust and obey. And that's why it's important to be close to Him. When He speaks to my heart, leading me to do something for Him that may seem impossible, I just have to trust His character. I just have to trust that He has been faithful in the past and will be faithful in the future. Mark chapter 10, verse 27 Jesus, in His ministry, said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. He was walking, talking, breathing example of an impossible situation. And yet he was standing there because of an impossible thing. You know What has he done in your life? How many times do we see the impossible and we try and take claim of it that we had something to do with it? Now, how many times have we tried to say, well, man, I got that job, yeah, my ability. I got that honey on my arm because I look good. I got that whatever because of my ability. Think about a glove. Think about a glove this morning. You know, if I take my glove and I say, all right, glove, we're going this way. We're going this way. Come on. You know, it doesn't really matter Which hand it belongs to, if I'm going over this way, that glove is staying right there. You know what will happen? Next Sunday when we come back, if nobody comes and moves them and our cleaning lady doesn't touch them, those gloves will be laying right there next Sunday morning. Why? Because those gloves are not alive. These gloves have to have something in them to give them power, to give them some kind of ability to function. Now, when I move my hand like this, is the glove moving? Yes. But is the glove moving because it has the ability to move? No. It's moving and it's working because of what's inside it. Hey, your life is just like this glove. You can't do anything on your own. Remember Jesus said, for without me you can do nothing. We're just like this glove. But when he comes in... We can do everything that He can do. Now think about that one. Because He's living and breathing in me. In me. Now say, Pastor, do I have limitations? You can do everything that He allows you to do. You can do everything that He allows you to do. That's a pretty long list. But you can do everything that He empowers you to do. Because it's not the glove It's what's inside the glove. Hey, today, it's not about your life. It's not about what you can do, what you can accomplish. It's coming to Him and beholding Him. It's saying, hey, Lord, I recognize that you want to flow in me and through me. But it also is being willing to have Him reside in my life and to use me. Because I can resist Him my entire life. I have to be willing to submit to his authority. And this morning, maybe you're here and you don't have him in your life. He's not flowing. You, know, you feel like your life is not, has no purpose, no meaning. It's not going anywhere. And maybe that's because he's not in you. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you haven't seen him. You haven't beheld him. You don't know who he really is. See, Jesus came for the entire world. But you've got to make it personal. Jesus came for you. He came for me. It's the difference in Jesus died on the cross and Jesus died for me. And that is the moment where we recognize that Jesus came for a purpose. And that purpose was you and I. But maybe you're here this morning and you don't have purpose. Maybe you're here and you don't have Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you're resisting Him with everything you can. Hey, can I encourage you? Submit. Just give in because he always wins. He always wins, but he desires to flow through your life. He desires to fill up that glove and to work in your life, but he's not going to be here and say, hey, I'm going to work in somebody who resists it. He wants to use a willing vessel. Are you willing to be used? Are you willing to put yourself, your wants, your desires aside so that you can become what he desires for you to be? every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me ask you this morning, maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know there's never been a time in my life, I don't know that if I died I'd be on my way to heaven. I'm not sure, I'm not convinced. I just don't know. I don't have that confidence. Maybe that's your life. Maybe you don't know that your sin's been forgiven. I'd like to pray for you this morning. I don't want to embarrass you, I don't want to call your name out, but I would like to just pray for you. I'd like to be your friend. As folks are moving, getting ready to sing, Let me just ask you really simply, do you know that you're on your way to heaven? You might say, Pastor, I know that, and that's awesome. But maybe you're here, there's a chance that someone is here, and you don't know that. You don't have that confidence. Can I pray for you and be your friend this morning? Just simply to offer up a prayer for you, it won't save you. But I would like to be your friend. Maybe you're here and say, Pastor, I don't have that confidence you were talking about just a minute ago. Please pray for me. I'm not sure that if I died, I'd be on my way to heaven. Would you simply slip up your hand while no one's looking and say, Pastor, please pray for me? I don't know. I just I just don't know. I'm not sure like you're talking about. Is that you? Can I pray for you? Thank you for your honesty. You can put your hand down. Maybe somebody else would say, Pastor, I haven't raised my hand yet, but I'll raise it right now. I just don't know. If I died, I'd be on the way to heaven. I don't know. I don't have that confidence. Please pray for me. Is that you? I'd like to be your friend this morning and pray for you. Pastor, I'm not sure. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. I'm looking, and I don't want to miss you. Pray for me. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like that empty glove and you're resisting. Maybe you know that Jesus is your Savior. Maybe you've even put the glove on. But man, you're fighting against His plan for your life. Could I challenge you this morning to simply submit to His authority? Submit to His leading in your life? And just talk to Him. We've got personal workers down front behind you. They're wearing badges that say, how can I pray for you? It may be an honor for us to pray with you, whatever you may need this morning. But you don't have to. You can sit right there in your seat and simply pray to him and say, Lord, please forgive me for how I've lived up to this point. And simply commit that you're going to submit to his life, to whatever he desires for you going forward, from today going forward. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, you don't know that Jesus is your Savior Salvation is so simple. It's simply acknowledging that you're a sinner and you have a problem. It's believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. That's why he came. And then it's acknowledging, asking him to forgive you and be your savior. That's what salvation is. And maybe right there in your seat, you would simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know if I stay the way that I am, that I deserve to be separated from you because of my sin. But thank you for dying on the cross for me. And make it personal. For me. Please forgive me my sin. And become my Lord and Savior. Direct me in the days ahead. And help me to follow you with the time that I have left. That's what salvation is. If we can help you, if we can pray with you, we can encourage you. There's a card right there in front of you that says, I'm ready to make a decision. You can fill that card out. Someone will contact you. You can leave it right there in your seat when you leave this morning. but. We want to try and help you today. There's a wondrous mystery in the fact that God became flesh. He came to us because He loves us and He desires a relationship with us. And He leaves that option up to us. Will you choose Him today? Will you choose to have an active, growing, thriving relationship with Jesus? Father, thank You so much for Your Word. Lord, please bless our time of invitation. Help us to be serious as we reflect on what you've done. Lord, help us to see you active and alive in our lives. Lord, please do a work in us. Do what only you can do. For those that raised their hand, that may not have raised their hand, that they didn't know where they're going to spend eternity, help them, Lord, to make that decision today. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us, please. Pastor Tim's going to lead us in that song. Come behold the wondrous mystery. Let's sing it together. John's going to be right down front. John's going to be right down front. If you need to talk to someone our personal workers are ready, do what God wants you to do this morning.